Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is a special presentation for the Believe in Pro Wrestling podcast. Here's Rick Uccino on the Believe Podcast Network. What is going on, you guys? Rick Uccino here, SB Nation Believe Podcast Network, here with another name you know, or at least you better. It is Jimmy Wang Yang, former WCW WWE Cruiserweight, and he is heading back out overseas. He's been on the road for a little bit here now. I mean, what? You've had like four or five different stops with WWE. You've been back out on the road with your daughter, and now you're heading back over to where it really kind of all started for you over in Japan. There's, there's a lot going on with you right now, Jimmy, a lot going on. There's so much, there's always, you know, like it's wrestling and life keeps me busy, you know, so like, uh, well, what's up, Richard? <laughs> I like Richard oh, better than geez. Rick Uchino. Like, <laughs> oh, well, you're, yeah, no, definitely not. Definitely not. That is a whole Richard other match. Uchino. The only match I ever had in my entire life. The Booker, this guy. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe go by that name. Jesus. Oh, Jimmy, it's good to talk to you, man. It's been a while since I've had a chance to, to catch up. And uh, this is, as I alluded to, this is a big, few days ahead here for for both you and uh, and jazzy uh somebody that uh, i hope will one day be the the first person that i've ever really locked you know shoulder lock headlock with uh and that shows up in in wwe or aew but uh, first it's this trip over to japan because uh, one night dream is coming up on july 15th both you and your daughter jazz are on the card now this is something pretty special because for the first time in 23 years in the history of this pro wrestling noah company jazzy's going to be the first american female on the card that's that's a pretty damn big deal jimmy yeah that's uh really big and if the traditional japanese wrestling companies uh featuring uh females on the card like uh whoops <laughs> sorry about that <laughs> but, yeah 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 so uh so yeah this is a really big deal for uh Jazzy Yang, like being the first gaijin women's wrestler on a Noah's card, Noah card in Tokyo at Corgan Hall, like uh, that's a lot of pressure. So hopefully, you know, like uh, you know, hopefully she can handle it. You know, so. well, she's been in big situations in Japan before. Her debut was actually in Japan uh, several years ago. What she was fifteen at the time, fourteen, fifteen, if memory serves correct, and. You know that was that was a moment that uh, that she delivered in, and she's she's come quite a ways uh, since then for sure. But uh, obviously, you know, any kind of event that's over in Japan for you has been special in your career. Jazzy making her debut, and now this opportunity coming up. Where do you think these kind of rank as far as you know being special moments with uh, Japanese wrestling for you? So Jazzy's career, right? Like her, you know, she grew up. She wasn't really into wrestling because when she watched it she saw her dad get beat up so she you know <laughs> she she didn't really was it she wasn't really into it you know and even that age uh her career always comes back to tokyo the first the one night uh tokyo dream uh but she was so young and didn't really understand the pressure of what was going on and but that's the moment that sparked her wrestling dream at Tokyo Dream when she was 15 because she didn't know what was going on. She 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 didn't know there was 5,000 people out there. They didn't know all this all this stuff going on. And, Ignorance uh, when, truly is bliss. <laughs> yeah. 
And then when she went in there, just killed it. And, you know, the the adrenaline you get in front of a live audience and the pops that she got. And then afterwards, the buzz. And, you know, that's how I told the story a few times after after the show, we walked back to the hotel and they had paparazzi at the hotel. And I thought they're coming toward me and everybody, they just zoomed past me and asking her for pictures and autographs. And by the time we got to the hotel, uh, to the room, she, she's like, dad, this is what I want to do. I want to become a professional wrestler. You know, so that was a big moment when she was 15 at uh, Tokyo Dream. Uh, but she didn't realize the pressure or the, you know, anything that, you know, any and the, everything. But then now, five years later, now she's 20, going back, making a return. At One Night Dream, now, you know, telling her, okay, this is kind of big <laughs> because of, uh, this company and the history, uh, you know, and she, you know, but to me, you know, she really delivers every time she's out there. Like uh, even the NWA Empowered, she killed it there. Yep. She, you know, she's been killing on the indie scene in Georgia. You know, like uh, so. But this is a really big step for the next step in her career. You know, so I, I, my next question, you took me right into there. I was going to talk about NWA Empower because that was kind of like her first big introduction for the TV wrestling audience, right? Um, mm. You know, the people who, you know, there, I would say there's a, whoever's watching NWA is obviously watching WWE or, or AEW and particularly the, the pay-per-views, right? So those are like your hardcore TV wrestling fans. And that was Jazzy's big introduction. And she did make a big impact. I think everybody remembers, you know, her picking the ankle and, and just ripping at it with her teeth. Right. And uh, so she made a splash, she made a memorable moment, but it's been a while since then. Uh, that was what summer of 2021. And now here we are summer 2023. So two years, you know, try to be as objective as possible in this, but how do you feel like, you know, she has improved as a professional wrestler since empower. Yeah, really. She's has blown my mind in the last two years about the strides. Like, you know, I think, told you this last time I like I I she I think she's better than me at 20 you know so and at that time you know actually the first time I went to Japan was at 20 and started with all Japan uh, but before that I was in WCW and all that kind of stuff you know so it's like yeah I think with her mind and her and how she thinks about the matches and what, how she executes everything I'm like she's better than me you know at 20 you know like so uh but the one thing that that uh, the one thing that she was lacking was confidence, you know, like that's and you build confidence with repetition after repetition after repetition, you know, but like uh, and then down in Atlanta, we've been she's been wrestling every week. We've been training every day. Uh, and I've just seen that confidence grow and grow and grow and uh, She's ready, man. She's like this. This this one night dream is gonna be a big moment. And as dad, as trainer, as I think she's gonna absolutely knock it out of the park on this on this match. You know, so yeah. And well, and I've even the the bit that I've been able to that I've been privileged to see of of Jazz's journey. Jazzyyang.com, by the way, you can catch some of those matches, and uh, you might recognize the voice on commentary for a few of those. But I remember, <laughs> like, I remember a, a spot in particular where you know, you were first showing us and I say us because I was a part of that class that you were teaching at the time. It was just like this simple kick to the midsection and then jump up back heel kick to the 
to the shoulder and neck area. And, you know, she was a little, there was a little bit of trepidation on her part. And I'm like, you, you played high school basketball. Like you're, you know, you're a, you're an athlete. You can jump up and do that. But you did notice that hesitancy in her. And then all of a sudden I'm calling a match and she does that exact same spot and she's flying through the air and, and, and nailing the back heel kick. And I'm like, all right, yeah, get it, girl. All right, yeah, yeah, there yeah. you go. You can see it. You can see yeah. anything. Well, me and you are kind of in a privileged spot with that. But yeah, I mean, you can definitely see the growth. Uh, yeah you know, from year to year with her. So uh, obviously this is a big moment and, you know, a, a chance to grow even more. You know, what was it like? What did going to Japan at age 20, you know, do for your career? You were already in WCW at that point, but then you go over to Japan, which is like pro wrestling cranked up to 11, man, right? It's just a high. It's a, even Bailey just a few days ago says, I'm too old for, for Japanese style. Right? <laughs> I can't go join Mercedes Monet right up there. I'm, I'm too old for that stuff. So what, mm. what did that do for you? What do you think it's going to do for Jazz uh, to get over there and the more reps that she can get over in Japan? Yeah. So, you know, first time I went to Japan, it was just a big culture shock. You know, like I know I'm Asian, half Korean. I grew up in Georgia, you know, but like <laughs> it, it's just going to different countries. People don't understand unless they do it, you know, and it's like and, you know, like I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm Korean so I could fit in. But like, really, <laughs> it was such a culture shock. And uh, then the wrestling wrestling is an international international language and uh there are similarities but there's also differences you know and uh the crowds and and uh you know like it was unbelievable the training that you know first time i went was for two months and stayed in a dojo and you know it was kind of like the power plant training and ate chanko and did all the squats and all that kind of stuff and uh, how many squats how many squats did you do as a warm-up again yeah it's like 500 for breakfast you know so like uh you know so yeah, but then, uh, you know, like that really, like, uh, you know, I felt that's where I, everything I did there prepared me for my runs in WWE. Like, uh, it's like, that's the first time I had that confidence of being that, uh, the man, really, basically, <laughs> like being like Becky Lynch or whatever you want to say, the man in, in that sure. company and have the confidence and say, yeah, put me up against the great Muda or, you know, Kojima or Kendo Kashin, like I can, you know, go toe to toe with these guys. And, uh, and that really, you know, doing those repetitions and building my confidence and, uh, and tearing it up over there, you know, so that's kind of what happened over there, I guess. You know, so. Now, now where is that, uh, that confidence at now, uh, today, Jimmy, as you head over there, not only is Jazz going to be competing big opportunity for her, but you're going to be in a six man tag match, uh, at one night dream for, for Noah. Um, how, how you feeling about that heading into it? Uh, so, you know, like was the first time I've been to Japan was like 21 years ago and like, I'm, I just turned 42. So I'm kind of, I'm like, Oh no, you know, like, uh, uh, I, you know, I try to tell myself I can still do it, you know, like, and I, I want to do it. And, uh, just like, you know, my body's telling me you need to slow down. Uh, you know, so I, you know, like even, you know, with this, you know, I've been wrestling 25 plus years and like, really, I think this is my last run, you know, like I, you know, it's not my last match, but like, it's like, I cannot, I don't think I can do this for another year years or whatever like 
And definitely going back when I was 2021, 20, going to Japan, used to fly there twice a twice a month, do two, three tours. I'm like, at 42, there's no way, <laughs> there's no way I could do that. You know, like in a, you know, as as uh, you know, like uh, I, I won't give it my best, but like I, you know, like I don't, you know, I, I, my confidence is not like it used to be. I guess you know. So and then a little little worried about some <laughs> like do you, do you think like because obviously you you say you want to do it but you're you're listening to your body right which is which is the most important thing because you know age is a number but it, it's all about how you feel because be, you look at you say you're 42 damian priest is 40 he just won money in the bank right like so i mean there you see bobby lashley wwe champion at age 46 so do you think maybe it was the you know after 2010 you know you worked the independent scene, but there were still some lengthy times away from the ring. Do you think that kind of, you know, gave your body a chance to, I, I guess, I don't know, like just not just get used to not taking those reps and, and kind of tighten up there a little bit, maybe. Yeah. That's what I think, you know, after 2010 with the started the whole redneck party bus and <laughs> all that kind yeah. of stuff and kind of preserved my body, but I was like, so beat up from uh 99 to 2010, but that's the thing. Like, uh, I've been full time for a, whatever, 12, 10, 10, 12 years, like every day. And even telling about the, the Japanese trips, like that's a, that's a 24 hour travel day. And then you get down for a three week tour, 21 days and you have 19 matches and then you go home for a week and come back. And then, you know, that's, that was all Japan. And then you go to WWE and then the schedule's like, you know, four or five days a week and the international tours, 10 days. Like it's, uh, you know, but then 2010, when I got released you come, and Jasmine was a, a young kid and, you know, I kind of pumped the brakes on wrestling, started Red Deck Party Bus and, and, you know, I healed my, I feel like kind of healed my body up, you know, so like uh, I, I wasn't breaking it down every week with wrestling. Uh, so I think my body's okay, but, you know, like we'll see, you know, so I don't know. You say this is your last run here, Jimmy. Not your last match coming up on July 15th, but uh, your, your final run. For you personally to get to go back in Japan to Japan and perform again here in, in 2023, that, that can't be something that you thought was going to be possible at, at, at 42 years old, that you were going to be wrestling in Japan still. Uh, and now that you have the opportunity to do that, you know what, what does that mean to you on a, on a personal level? uh you know like i i when i first went there at 20 i fell in love with the country you know like i love the people i lo love the environment i love the i just love the country i love love japan you know everything about it was awesome you know like and uh at the time you know i didn't i guess i didn't really appreciate it as much because i they, i was just on the move non-stop you know and then but you get taken away from that and you you appreciate it so much more like oh man i miss that i miss this that everything uh and really i thought uh jasmine's debut for tokyo dream five years ago was going to be my last trip i was like man there's, there's no way they you know i don't think people are going to keep on bringing me back you know and i i took it as that you know i was like okay this is gonna be my last time going to perform in tokyo you know so like uh and then five years later, you know, like uh, get to call again and ask me to come back. I'm like, oh, man, this is awesome. You know, like I love it, you know, and uh, yeah, 
but it's a big part of my career, you know, my time in all Japan, but also it's a big, big moment with Jazz's career because everything ties back to that, that first trip over there. Um, and that's when she decided, you know, she wanted to be, become a professional wrestler after that show. But like, uh, it's just, it's just cool. You know, like I've been around forever. I'm old as dirt, you know, and like people, <laughs> you know, people still want to see me perform, you know, like that's, Dude, that's you're, you're a cult wrestling icon at this point. Like <laughs> yeah. you really are. And uh, it's yeah, that yeah. dude, like, I remember oh God, where were we? We were at uh, WrestleCon. Was it WrestleCon mm -hmm. in Dallas? Where all of a sudden JBL comes up and he just screams, Jimmy Wang Yang, my favorite <laughs> yeah. wrestling character of all time. Like, yeah. you know, there are people who yeah. genuinely are like JBL and they, yeah. they want to see you back. They still want to see you perform. I mean, that has to make you feel you made an, a lasting impact. That's got to make you feel good. Yeah, that, that really does. You know, like, and that's the thing, like me leaving wrestling, like I'm really satisfied what I've done in wrestling. Uh, I'm glad, you know, people still remember me and, you know, like that's that's super super cool. You know, like and and even you know, I haven't really wrestled in years. You know, <laughs> like I wrestle once or twice a year. You know, and people still you know like at the wrestle cons and everything. And like, but the thing is, oh man, I, you know, he's my favorite wrestler when I was eight years old. <laughs> you know, I'm like oh no, <laughs> old. You know, but whatever. But I like, but you know, I I appreciate it and uh, it's. I'm, you know, made a impact on the wrestling business. <laughs> I get my my two cents in the business, you know. So that's cool. So with this being your last run, does that mean that we can pencil you in 2024? Finally, the Royal Rumble pop. You got you got one more. You got one more moonsault in you on a WWE stage. Like, can you just call up Shane Helms and say, "Hey, look, I want in." Is that something you can do? You know, did anybody approach you while you were a producer there? <laughs> have, you, have you planted the seed at all? <laughs> There's, there's always talks around January, so <laughs> it's always see. <laughs> but I did, you know, like seeing even, uh, you know, I, the nostalgia acts. I, I, you know, like, you know, when Carlito came in Puerto Rico, man, that was awesome, right? Like, dude, this, blew the roof yeah. off the joint. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. MV, MVP turned a Royal Rumble appearance into a three-year job. <laughs> like, yeah. just so, absolutely insane. You never know. But I see every January, I see tweets. I see the tweets. I say, you know, the, the countdown memes. And all of a sudden we see yeah. you doing the finger click and the shoulder pop and you're, you're running down to the ring. Uh, I think, I think people would really love that. So hopefully, you know, you got the, you're, you're working the phones and everything <laughs> like that to get that done. That would be uh, absolutely great. But uh, Jimmy, we are uh, not that far removed from uh, AEW new Japan uh, forbidden door, uh, which we've been talking a lot about, uh, Japanese wrestling here and uh now you were around during the the beat em and bottom days of WWE versus versus WCW for for two major promotions like AEW and New Japan here in this day and age to come together and not only just for once but for like an annual showcase it seems like you know once is is great but now you got two and and they're already talking about you know Forbidden Door 3 and moving forward see two major companies like this come together and showcase their talents i mean that's that's kind of remarkable when you think about where wrestling was back in your heyday. Yeah, it's great. It's great for business. You know, like I'm glad, you know, like uh, hopefully they can keep, continue to keep on working with each other and, you know, have a good relationships. Uh, I think it's, you know, like more eyeballs on wrestling is great for the business and, uh, and two huge 
companies working together, you know, like that's great, you know, that's great. And uh, the fans of, you know, like there's a lot of uh, fans of Japanese wrestling, you know, that love, and there's a lot of fans of AEW is always the, uh, the inner promotions working together. It just draws so much interest and can do such good business, you know, if they can work together. And it's great. Like I saw it last week and it was great seeing the New Japan guys, you know, even the Kojima. You, I know people think I never won a title before. <laughs> you know, I know that's a big thing on the internet, but actually me and Kojima won the bait uh, championship tag team titles, uh, the baiting ape com- clothing company. But like that was my partner. But seeing, you know, it's, it's, it's awesome to see the Japanese wrestlers in AEW. Yeah, and just you know, giving I think the the American audience, which unless again you're the hardcore people who stay up until three o'clock in the morning to to watch New Japan shows, right? Like not, I I try, but the, like look, I can't watch everything, right? You know how you know how crazy my schedule is, how many jobs I got. I can't watch everything, even though I I would love to watch more of Tomohiro Ishii, right? Like I would love to watch more of that stuff. I I I just can't. So you have the hardcore people though who will get up early in the morning and they will watch these new Japan shows. Um, but to have, you know, people like Tanahashi and Kojima and Ishii come over and just kind of give like an introduction to the Japanese style for the American uh, fans, you know, what does that do for, for new Japan and Japanese wrestling? What it does for new Japan really brings more eyeballs on the product, you know, but like, Hey, but like I was that guy that would stay up. Like, actually I, I would go to the Japanese video stores and rent the new Japan, uh, v- VHSs. That's VHS tapes, folks. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. How far <laughs> but that's the thing, you know, like the great mood is like one of my all time favorite wrestlers. So like I would go there and do all my research. So that's, that's what's so appealing to people. Cause the fans are like me back in the day, like, stay up till three in the morning and finally they don't have to stay up that late to watch this product, but then also see uh, that product against the American product just brings so much interest, but like uh, but new Japan work, you know, like, but it also, it helps both like, you know, uh, helps AEW too, because there's such a big market in Japan too. So like the, you know, and the, all the guys have past experiences with the company it's just to me, it's just a win-win for everybody, and so it's great, great for business. And it opens the door for people like John Moxley, who just want to go and get a, a bunch of things stabbed into his forehead, and you know, wrestle for for New Japan, and then come back and and work a dynamite, like I do believe he's doing today when we recorded this. Uh, by the way, so there's that. But uh, the main event, Jimmy, I, I wanted to talk to you about this guy before uh, before we leave. Um, Brian Danielson defeated okada this was this was a dream match and not only did brian danielson make him tap out but over the course of the final 10 minutes of that match he had one of the cleanest breaks to a right forearm i think you're you're ever going to see and yet he was still able to show off his technical genius and win that match with a modified labelle lock that he used his feet uh to to put in there right like just the greatest poise in one of the biggest on one of the biggest stages and you wrestled him early in his career do you remember what your impressions of him were back then and could you have imagined in your wildest dreams that he would be at where he's at today uh definitely like uh you know uh brian danielson is 
unbelievable. He's awesome. <laughs> like he, he, you know, even when we wrestle each other, but I knew him before and, uh, and I follow his career. Like, you know, actually me and Brian Danielson's the same age. We're both 42 and kind of, you know, crossed paths so many times. Um, but when you meet somebody like Brian or somebody like that, like, and see his work, I'm like, yeah, this dude's awesome. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I could have seen, you know, him being the guy he is now, uh, whatever, 15 years ago when he was, when he wrestled at Ring of Honor or PWG or, you know, like, like, yeah, this dude is awesome. And he's the man, like, uh, did that answer your question? <laughs> like, did I see yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but like, like the first time you guys locked up, because I think in, in Ring of Honor, there was a show that you told me a story one time of a show that you guys were doing where, um, Brian's supposed to be the big baby face, right? And then that entire crowd turns on him, basically, and is like booing him out of the building. And he had the wherewithal early in his career to go, hey, we need to change this damn finish or we're going to get the run. We're going to get run the hell out of here. Like, and that was something that, you know, you told me, you know, a few years ago that that has always kind of stuck with me about his his mind for the business and and knowing that and recognizing that situation and, and making a call like that on the fly is something that, you told me that it stuck with me that always impressed me. Yeah. And actually that was in pro wrestling gorilla land. And, you know, like, uh, but that's me and him both were young and didn't really, you know, understand the business of professional wrestling. And we just, you know, it was kind of weird. And it was like, it's kind of eye opener for both of us that, we did something wrong <laughs> in that match, you know? <laughs> so like, okay, yeah, we messed up and we have to change audibles and, and, uh, change the finish because the crowd wasn't biting on it. So like, uh, but that was a <laughs> big eye opening moment for me. Uh, I'm not sure if for him, but he's the one that called the audible to change the finish, uh, because, we fucked up. <laughs> not, <laughs> not really. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> not with the spots, but the yeah. you know, other stuff. You know, so. All right. So we got uh, July 15th. You and Jazz are going to be action. Is there a way for uh, for people to check out uh, the show if they, they want to see uh, uh, One Night Dream for uh, for Noah? Yeah. It's Noah and Noah has really upped their game and made it really simple. You know, you can just download the app, Wrestle Universe. And actually, you could probably see this match for free <laughs> if you're not signed up already. So you got like a free seven day subscription. Uh, you know, the show is on July 15th, you know, so like I'm, yeah. I'm your boy trying to hook you up, you know, so like <laughs> you sign up at a certain time, you can watch this match for free. And even if you're not like there's a, you know, it's like 800 yen, but that equals like six dollars and 50 cents. So like uh, it's not that expensive. That ain't bad. You know, so like, but you could just download the app on your phone and it's real easy to sign up. It's easier to sign up for Wrestle Universe than OnlyFans. So, like, uh, so, oh, and, it's, and it's cheaper. So, it's just kidding. So, so, so where can people uh, follow everything that's going on with you and Jazz? I hope you don't have an OnlyFans. Yeah, that's a, you know, after this match, my retirement is probably, you know, I'm hoping, you know, but, you know, so, but I can't get that Jimmy Wang Yang trademark for WWE. They won't let it up. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of like, well, uh, just put the in front of it, Jimmy the Wang Yang, and you can trademark that. You know, you can go yeah. there. Yeah. Hey, that's, that's good. <laughs> but, like, so, 
<laughs> so no, no, you know, uh, you know me. I'm uh, I'm Daddy Yang now. So like everything I do is because of my daughter. You know, JazzyYang.com. You can hear the new, the greatest new commentator of all time, uh-huh. Rick Uchino on on the call. You know, so it's uh, and then follow JazzyYang.com and all our socials and everything. Follow her career and uh, you'll see me behind her. <laughs> so. <laughs> Always a blast, Jimmy. Good luck, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, bro. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.